Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. Welcome back, fam. Yes, indeed. This is uh, episode number four. Episode number four, and uh, we just did a recording of this, and it fucked up. We only got halfway <laughs> through, so we're hitting it up again. Why not? We're doing it for you guys. That's right. We're putting in that time. And today, we are talking about strength. Now, strength can be, uh, I guess, broken down into many ways, but we're talking strength, uh, I guess, in a more general sense, because we are referring to tissue strength, your ability to, pr- to produce force, many different things. But I feel like this is kind of overlooked in the world of BJJ. Yeah, I think like for a lot of folks, strength as a as just a, a, a people don't really understand what it means. Um, it often gets mixed up with size. People say, you know, ah, oh, look at that, look at that person. They look really strong, and they're actually saying, look at that person. They look big and muscular. Um, yes. And it's also it can also be tied to like being a bit of a gym bro. Um, mm. where it's like, no, I'm not a gym bro, so I'm not interested in strength. And it's like, well, okay, uh, let's, let's just clarify that a little bit because we all train jiu-jitsu. We all use fuckloads of strength, whether you think you do or you don't. Mm. Um, how is strength relevant to the standard jiu-jitsu player? Well, let's go just really quickly to the definition of strength, which is uh, F equals MA. Force equals mass times acceleration. So for those of you out there, it's like, oh, that's just gibberish to me. Uh, the most simple breakdown of uh, strength as a definition is your ability to produce maximal force or your ability to coordinate muscle fibers, muscle groups to pr- exert force against something external or control your own body. So that can be shown in a deadlift, that can be shown in a squat, uh, that can be shown in an iron cross on the rings, uh, in a handstand. There's many different ways that strength can be expressed. Uh, I guess the thing that I always uh, come back to is um, the, when I was training Olympic lifting and um, the one of the strongest people in the room was a 55-kilo uh, Australian-born Chinese girl and she was moving big weight very quickly. Now, she didn't look... super athletic i mean yes she looked fit she had big quads but that would not tell you just how much force and speed that this uh, woman could produce and i think the the misalignment and it's always like it's just a human thing we just believe what we see oh they're big they must be strong and that's just not true bodybuilders great example yeah definitely not particularly strong actually Mm. not strong at all especially given the size of them yeah, definitely. And I think it's just, it's just something that because we don't uh, spend as much time thinking about it, you know, we're obsessed with jiu-jitsu. I want to I see a great takedown or I want to see, you know, I want to see a really good submission, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I, it's interesting because when you go to judo and you go to wrestling, a lot of these guys are spending a lot of time doing some hardcore strength training. It is an advantage. Why would you not give yourself that advantage? Damn right. And I mean, look, uh, I think we talked about this before, you know, uh, let's go to our friend Ari Tabak. Shout out Ari. Yeah. 
Bolo, Bolo's and Bullfighter's king. Um, Ari is one of these guys who's an elite level jiu-jitsu player and he actually has done a lot of lifting. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know. I know his history. I know him very well. Um, he's done juggernaut training. He's done bulletproof on and off for a number of years. He's encountered many different injuries, but even when he's like, say he's injured his knee, he will then go and do rope climbs. He will do chest to bar pull-ups. He, he's constantly working on things that he believes will enhance his jiu-jitsu training. He's not doing nothing. So I, I think this is where it's super important that we understand, even though someone, they may not look that strong, can be insanely strong. To people listening, if you don't know Ari, he's, uh, he's 70 odd kilos. He's on the, small, the smaller side of jiu-jitsu players. You know, he's a rooster weight or lightweight, whatever. Yes. Um, doesn't, you know, you see him walking around, he doesn't look, he's not a big guy, right? He's not jacked, he's not carrying shitloads of muscle. Um, he's a very lean dude. He actually used to be quite a bit bigger, but he intentionally yeah. lost, lost weight, weight. To, yep. to drop down. Um, but he is incredibly strong. So like JT said, the guy can hoist his body weight multiple times up and down a rope. He can do shitloads of pull-ups. He can deadlift and all those things heavy relative, relative to his size. Um, and he's also extremely technical. So when you roll with him, you're like, man, this guy's fucking strong. Like yes. this guy is stronger than me even though I'm like 20 kilos heavier than him, yes. he's stronger than me in certain positions. Now, obviously, there's technical aspects tied into that, but you can't ignore the fact that there is just this pure strength and that, that, that strength becomes such an advantage when it's coupled with great technique. Yes. Right? Like he has all of the attributes. Yes. And this is, this is what we're saying is like, um, yes, you want to get great at the technical side of jiu-jitsu, but... Having the technique alone is not enough. And a really simple way to think about that is like um, jiu-jitsu was created for the smaller person to defeat the larger opponent, right? Mm. But what about when the larger opponent also knows jiu-jitsu? Yes, this is a problem. What happens when your training partner is Bushesha? <laughs> and then you go into fuck town, right? Like <laughs> you're getting wrecked. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> so as much as you want to focus on, yes, the technique is, is paramount, but if you can back that up with athleticism, which is strength and power and speed and all those things, it's going to be so much more effective. Um, that's just looking at it from, from, through that lens, right? Yes. And I think the thing is we also got to make the concession that uh, Ari Tabak is an elite level jiu-jitsu player. This is a guy who will train six hours a day, more. Like he'll do whatever it takes and even at the cost of his body. You know, like he's prepared to put it all on the line. That's not everybody. So we've got to get into it and we've got to say, hey, you know what's really important? You do jiu-jitsu three times a week or you've just come to jiu-jitsu. It's all right. And ultimately, can we uh, say what is going to be very good for you as somebody who's not trying to be a world champion? How are you going to stay uninjured? This is where I feel strength training is... This is not talked about in the world of powerlifting or Olympic lifting. And definitely, when it comes to something like um, jiu-jitsu, injury prevention is not sexy. You know, it's not something you can sell. Beast mode is sexy. Pohada is sexy. Like this, oh yeah, that's cool, that's cool. But invariably, if you do jiu-jitsu, you're going to get injured. And strength training essentially is your insurance policy. It's what gets you, you and your tissues, your tendons, your ligaments, your muscles, more resilient. So when injury strikes, you can bounce back better. 
Yeah, I think the, the other side of that, so we sort of touched on the, the sort of athletic elements of strength. Um, the other side of that is stuff that a lot of people would take for granted, uh, which is your resistance to this external load. Now, if we, if we kind of put that into like a real scenario, um, someone jumps guard on you, jumps closed guard, and they land all their body weight, wrap their legs around you, and maybe you fall to the ground, maybe you stand, maybe you then lower to the ground, whatever it is, but this person is jumping all their weight, let's say it's 80 kilos onto you, there's a certain amount of strength that's required through your knees, through your hips, through your ankles, your whole body, in order to not break in that situation, right? Yes. Now, we've, we've seen it happen a lot of times, and we know that um, it's illegal to jump closed guard in white belt competition mm. because a lot of people don't handle this very well, no. right, when you're, when you're relatively inexperienced at the white belt level, um, and, like, knees buckle. And I think the incidence of knee injuries has been astronomical in white belt competition until they brought this rule in. Right? Yes. So obviously you need to be in a reasonable position. There's, there's other elements that tie into this. But just that basic idea of having enough uh, strength in your structure to be able to absorb or handle these external loads are, is really important, right? And this plays out in jiu-jitsu in so many different scenarios. Someone shooting in to take you down, someone applying an arm lock, someone transitioning, like all of these little exchanges... Most of the time we don't get injured and you can thank your body for being strong enough to handle those times. Yes. But the thing is you don't think about that rationally. You're not like, oh, wow, so-and-so just did a really hectic movement and now I'm like still rolling. I'm so glad I'm strong. Yes. You just take it for granted. You keep rolling because you're you're, you're playing the game, right? You can tolerate it. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. It's only when like something snaps that you're like, fuck, Mm. what was it that made me snap? Yeah. Now what we're saying is that like having a base of strength allows you just to be more resistant to this risk of injury. You've got greater bandwidth for external stress. So, I mean, look, I'm, yeah, I'm with you 100%. And I think this is something interesting to me that people don't appreciate. Strength is a skill. It's an athletic skill. You need to practice it. And there's many people out there who will drill jiu-jitsu sequences, back takes, takedowns, but will not drill being strong, not practice it. Yet will go into jiu-jitsu and put their body into the most chaotic, unpredictable scenario without preparation, which is begging for injury. So let's, let's rewind on that and go, look, if you think you haven't got that much time, you will have a lot of time when you're injured. And, and your physio is going to say that, to reflect. Oh, God, I should have been better prepared. But your physio is then going to make you do the most basic, boring, high-volume rebuild yourself stuff and technically for all of you out there who don't know you're doing super low level you know lower than white belt hypertrophy work to try and rebuild your body hypertrophy is bodybuilding yeah down with the lingo muscle building and and so even though that's not what you wanted to do because you just wanted to do jiu-jitsu invariably on the path to avoid your fate you meet it yeah i could talk on a guy that i've trained with in the past um who's really good Great, great jiu-jitsu player, uh, black belt now, I believe, um, has had more fucking knee surgeries <clears throat> than I've had roles. This, this, <laughs> this guy's been like, had him, he's been cut open that many times. I, I think somewhere in the realm of maybe five or six knee reconstructions. Oof, that's gross. Um, really loves the, the hectic open guard game, mm. right? Loves inversions, love, loves bolos, loves like 
knee-heavy jiu-jitsu. Yes. Right? Like, you know, if you're playing this open guard game, like you're using your legs like arms, the knees are really quite at risk there compared to someone who plays more of an old-school kind of close guard, half guard, top game kind of approach, right? Um, But in conversations with the dude, the thing that I always hear is, I'm not a gym guy. I'm not a gym guy. And I get it, right? Like, I'm a bit of a gym guy. I don't mind being in the gym. I, I like doing that sort of stuff. I like training. Yes. Um, we're here at the gym every day, right? At Jungle Brothers. Yeah, you bet. Um, the, I, I get that some people aren't into that. And I think it's fine to, to acknowledge that not everyone's going to be. However, mm. it's like, dude, if you just change that narrative to, okay, I'm, I'm not a gym guy, but I understand that a little bit of regular strength training is going to help me to be able to enjoy training jujitsu for the rest of my life or at least you know prolong my timeline yes. uh, my lifespan in this game um and it might save me three of the knee surgeries yes right and i can, man i've had a knee surgery like fuck it's 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 grueling there's a lot of pain there's a lot of discomfort there's mm. there's years off the back of that of mm. rehab and attention and focus and like just subpar performance and all the mental stuff that goes with mm. that um Fuck me, like if you could avoid a couple of those, oh, yes. you'd have to say that would be very worthwhile, right? It'd be extremely worthwhile. And it's the delayed satisfaction you can't express. Like you can't say to somebody, look, uh, car insurance is really important. Not, not because someone's like, well, I just don't want to pay car insurance. Well, it's like, okay, but so it's Physically, not, you're probably not going to have to use it. Yeah, okay. but, it's, but it's, it's not that you're a bad driver. It's not, it's like, oh, I'm a great driver. Yeah, that, but there's lots of people out there who are not. Yeah. Right? You're insuring you against other people's bad driving. Yeah, you may not be the spazzy white belt. Maybe, hey, you're a purple belt. You know how to roll. You know how to control yourself. You haven't had an injury yet. But then in walks old mate, six foot, 120 kilos, ex-rugby player, who's decided to come in and sprawl on you. Like every move you do is a sprawl for this guy. Yeah. And he, he doesn't care if he breaks you or not because he played rugby and you do jujitsu and who cares? And, and, and the, the strength piece is the insurance that your limbs can take greater load in different positions than just what you're used to, right? It's, it's that idea that jujitsu is such a chaotic thing that we are investing in a degree of prevention because the pain the psychological downs of sitting on the couch with an ice pack on your knee the 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 potentially the 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 painkillers the anti-inflammatories all these things take us away from the thing we love and so that small investment and we're only talking what like twice a week two like, sessions two sessions 60 minutes a piece maybe three if you're super keen you know is actually going to really steer you away from that Dark space, which is no jujitsu, surgery, injury, and missing your, your, your friends. Yeah, and look, I mean, um, we're all aware that, uh, you know, 99% of the world's um, blue belt population are currently hiding out in Area 51. <laughs> right? You're <called> missing. <laughs> yeah. um, there's this mysterious disappearance that occurs, usually kind of mid, mid to sort of late blue belt. Mm. Um, and there's a whole bunch of reasons for that, right? We don't have to go into it. A lot of it's kind of psychological pressure you put on yourself and whatever. But I think a big part of what you see in jiu-jitsu, like we all know that, uh, that black belts are just the people that stuck around the longest. True. Right? Um, what is it that made everyone else drop off? Sure, there's a whole bunch of lifestyle elements and, and, and um, 
whatever you get, you pick up new interests, that kind of thing. But really, the way I see it, for for the majority of folks, it's like uh, who can handle the attrition. Yes, it's like you're going to cop injuries, cop injuries, cop injuries, get pain, lower back hurts, hip flexors hurt. Um, you know, and that stuff's going to start to weigh on you. It's going to start to impede your daily life. Yes. It's going to start to make, you know, picking up your kids a little bit harder. It's going to make work a little bit harder. You're going to start- make stairs harder. Yeah. Like it, it just, and, and it gets to a point where you're like, ah, fuck it. You know, it's just, yes. it just doesn't mean enough to me anymore to put up with this stuff. Whereas if, if that stuff didn't start to weigh so heavily yes. that it was affecting your quality of life. And that's really what we're talking about. Your quality of life is declining. Um, then, you just keep training jiu-jitsu because you love yeah. it. It's like, yeah, I, it's, it's a bit of risky. I get little niggles, but I'm dealing with them. I'm doing the stuff I need to do. I'm enjoying it, right? Like that, there, there's a balance there. I think um, if people can look at it from that perspective, like you can just continue to enjoy this thing that you once really loved. Uh, yes. It doesn't have to turn into this, uh, this battle of like constant niggling injuries and this slow decline of your, of your general health. Yes, and, and, and we, we have a friend, Paul, um, Paul, Paul, great, great uh, break dancer, which we, we actually... And beatboxer. And beatboxer every day. It's like whistling. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I said, beatbox for me. And he said, yeah. <laughs> and he did it. He did. That's all right. We're about we'll to get him around to. We'll get yeah. him on the show. We will. We'll get him on. We'll break it down like Razel. Um, but the interesting thing is like, I, I think break dancing is possibly one of the most gymnastic athletic things you can do and we we have a great capoeira guys out there are blowing up right now yeah but i mean yeah but i mean (laughs) yeah yeah. you guys are in the same basket right (laughs) like you 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 do it to different music but i mean look there's many guys who do capoeira who do break dancing and vice versa but um uh, one of them would be better in a fight um (laughs) i think because we have tires right we have tires like super current and it was very interesting because recently another break dancer break dancer who puts a lot of time on his strength work Right? He doesn't just break. He does extra work to be strong for breaking. Even though he's not a, a super power moves guy, he still works on his body. It's interesting because I said, oh, Paul, I want to see a battle between you and Ty. And he was like, oh, yeah, he probably beat me. <laughs> because like, that's the thing about you know, Paul. He's spent the last, I don't know how many years on jiu-jitsu. Like 15, I think. 15 years and, and crippling himself off. Chasing that black belt and just chasing the hard rounds and loving the hard training still to this day like doing harder rounds than he really needs to like in that masochistic going for the grind jiu-jitsu way and that's the thing the reason why it came up was it was actually on instagram it said somebody was posting like i remember the last time one guy took out a whole crew it was paul smibbett and we were like dang we're talking like 20 years ago 20 years a younger ago, man just Getting it and one guy having enough style and athleticism to just outdo five other guys. And then recently that's what Ty had done. So it's just, it's a funny little tie in within the community of hip hop, breakdancing and jujitsu. But interestingly enough now, I mean, I mean, jujitsu teaches us humility, but Paul's like, oh, I don't, I don't think I can kind of quite keep that. And I'm not saying this is a dig. Paul has electively chosen to kind of break himself down over time but he's accumulated great jujitsu skill. So when we get to that longer point, and not everyone makes it there, even though we would wish everybody on the jujitsu journey the path to black belt, you do get injured. There is going to be time on the couch. There, there might be time with the surgeon, the physio, the, the dark days where you're like, am I going to quit today? 
and not just the white belt, <laughs> you know, uh, mortal existentialism of, oh, I got tapped by a black belt, I'm going to quit. You know, not that, the, my goodness, I, I don't have enough money for surgery. I can't afford to do jiu-jitsu. I can't even do my job because of the injuries I'm getting from jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I got to look after my kids. I can't be rolling around with a knee brace on. Yeah, like it's... All, all that shit. Right, so it's like, let's not, let's not be that. I don't think that has to be the way. I think what we're saying to you here, guys, is if you're early in the journey, you're one or two years in, you're, you're a white belt, you're a blue belt, you, you, you have had a serious injury and you, you're just overcoming it, it's like, how can you see that way forward? Strength training is absolutely your guiding light to not only um, help you roll and, and be more physically capable, but help you bounce back quicker when injury does strike. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I can I'm can really confidently say that having gone through my own uh, knee, ACL reconstruction um, fourteen months ago, all of the strength and mobility work that I'd done prior to that, the level that I had with that stuff just allowed me to come back from that surgery so much faster. Um, I've seen it play out with other folks who don't have a background in strength training um, and perhaps didn't have the mobility through the hips and the legs that, that, I, that I did. Um, and it's just a fucking much steeper hill to climb Definitely. because things are, things are not robust, right? And the more robust we can be, the better position we are in to bounce back and also just to avoid that injury in the first place. Yes, indeed. Right? I think a, a, real big, um, a real big thing for me just on this discussion is for folks like to not connect this to, like I was saying about old mate before who, who, who is not a gym guy. It's yes. not about being a fucking gym guy. It's about being a jiu-jitsu guy. And yes. if you want to train in this sport, that really is extremely high intensity, yes. right? Whichever way you choose to measure intensity. Um, high injury risk, super dynamic. Like a really, it, it, it doesn't really get much wilder than like rolling in jiu-jitsu, right? Yes. Um, you have an obligation to do this stuff. Yes. And, it's, and, and, you know, we can speak from that experience of like having gotten to where we are with it, train for as long as we have, working with that many people. It's the people who are like open to it and like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I know I don't love it right now, but I, I know this is good for me. Those are the people that can stay in the game and they can enjoy it for a long time. Yes, and I, I want to give a shout-out to um, Adam from Alliance BJJ in Sydney who uh, is ex-military, has moved himself to a professional job, and this is speaking to what you're, you're saying there, uh, Joey. He actually had a bunch of injuries he wasn't aware of because he was lifting. Hmm. He was lifting regularly in the army. He was active. He wasn't sitting at a desk. Then when he got out of the army... He took a desk job and was trying to make career money and all these things. And he's like, oh, man, oh, my back hurts. Oh, my shoulders hurt. But he's doing jiu-jitsu. You know, it's great. He's a very capable jiu-jitsu guy, white belt, a couple of stripes on him. And he literally said to me, because I've had, I've had him in the gym to do some bulletproof work, as soon as I stopped lifting, all my injuries came out. It's not that he didn't have them. His bulged disc, he wasn't aware of it. Like, yeah, he had bulged his disc, but he had structurally fortified himself so he wasn't getting pain from it. Then when he had that physical, I guess, um, step backwards from becoming sedentary, it started to give him serious problems. And the mixture of jiu-jitsu and the desk job actually brought him to a state of, like, he's like, man, I'm, I'm less fit and capable than I've ever been. And, and that's super confronting. If you're a dude and you, you're in your early 40s and you're used to being, like, the fit guy 
And now you're like doing something which is kind of badass jujitsu. Now suddenly you're, you you feel like an old man. That's that's a terrible feeling. And and guys, no one wants to feel that way. I don't care what age you are, whether you're seventy or you're seventeen. No one wants to wake up in the morning and feel old. That's 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 not what we want. We want to get out of bed, even though you might feel a bit stiff, maybe a bit of muscle soreness. Like oh, I worked hard yesterday. That's totally different to that crippling pain of I can't move right. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely the longevity piece. But I think also, guys, you know, the misconception or the, the, pro- the, the problem which I think blocks jiu-jitsu or people who do jiu-jitsu from pursuing strength is there's this idea that strength inhibits jiu-jitsu or the learning of jiu-jitsu. And I want to say this right now, guys. It's just an extra gear. When you're much stronger than your partner, you can choose to use your strength. You don't have to. It's not just because you can deadlift 200 kilos doesn't mean that's the force you use every time. It's an extra gear. It's easier. Yeah, you sprinkle it in behind your technique when needed. Yeah, you know, when you, when you got to. And, and that's the thing, guys. It's about making the jiu-jitsu path easier for yourself. And that's why I feel strength really comes into it. And that's why we use it as a pillar for Bulletproof for BJJ. Yeah. Coupled with mobility, very potent stuff. We recommend it for every jits player out there. Definitely, and I think that's, that's something we should probably go to next time is talking about, you know, why f- flexibility and mobility is, like, such a thing. Because I was actually saying this, you know, we talk about... Actually, I think this is your terminology, Joey. Um, the fridge and the, the noodle. Mm. Um, that you get those people who are super floppy and maybe can't exert much force, but they wriggle out of everything. And then you get the fridge. who You just you can't move them. They're real blocked, but... They also can't move themselves that well. Yeah. Right? So, yes, strength, fantastic. Such a good thing that you need to have. But let's put that caveat in there and say, hey, not to the point of, you know, basically disabling yourself. Yeah. We'll rip into that next time. Yeah, definitely. All right, Joseph, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Excellent, guys. Really appreciate you tuning in. And if you want to find us, you can uh, explore some of these ideas more at uh, www.bulletproofforbjj.com or if you want some free tips and advice, you can go to our Instagram, which is at bulletproofforbjj. Thanks, fam. Catch you guys next week. Peace out. Peace.